to school for many of us. Even if you don't have kids, it seems to kind of run on that calendar. And I wanted to set a few, uh, maybe help orient all of us in terms of worship. We've had a, a lot of a good number of new people coming over the last three to six months, and sometimes it's hard to know, you know, what am I supposed to do during this singing portion of the morning? And you, you look around and you wonder what's kind of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable, and are, you know, people going to look at you funny if you do something. So I just want to step back and give a few. Uh, brief introduction on kind of what we're doing here with worship. John 4, Jesus says very clearly, this is what the Father looks for, people who worship in spirit and in truth. When I read the Bible, I can't see anywhere else where God says so clearly, this is what I want out of people who worship me. Worship me in spirit and in truth. In spirit, Jesus is talking to a woman at a well when he says that, and she says, we worship on this mountain, and y'all worship on that mountain, and Jesus says, it's not, it's it's not about which mountain. God is spirit. He's not bound to any particular location. For us, uh, I think that really gets at the idea of externals. God doesn't care. He doesn't care about tempo. He doesn't care about volume. He doesn't care who's in the band, who's not in the band. He, none of that matters. All of those things are external to him. That's not what he's looking for. And so we try not to emphasize any of those things. That's not worshiping in spirit if we get so focused on externals. Now, obviously, all of those things can help us or they can, get in the, they can be a distraction to us, but we don't want to spiritualize that and say at all that God is concerned about those things because he's not. And the second thing he says is he's looking for people who worship in truth. And again, this woman, she's a Samaritan. They only believe the first five books of the Old Testament are true. And what, what Jesus is saying to her is there's a fuller picture here. The Jews believe the whole, they have a fuller picture of what it means to worship God. They're actually right on this because they have a fuller picture of who God is. And so for us, this whole idea of worshiping in truth has to do, that does have to do with what we sing and we try to pick songs that are theologically correct and what we say and what we pray. All of that has to do with worshiping God in truth. And so we all individually have a responsibility to worship God in spirit and in truth, period, dot, the end. Every time we gather, that's what he's looking for from us individually. Now, the thing is, we're also in here together. And so there's a, a corporate element, and those things can kind of tend to, there can tend to be a tension between the individual and the corporate. And that's what we want to try to manage as a group. What does that look like? I have a responsibility to worship God in spirit and truth, and so does Liz, and so does Melody, and so does Stuart, and, and, and so does Bill. But we're all in this room together. And so we have to figure out how do we do that individually together? Or how do we do that together as a group of individuals? And, and what it gets down to for me, and this is what I really want to encourage in all of us, is an attitude of grace. We want to extend grace to one another. Again, nowhere in the Bible do I see that God commands any level of expressiveness. He just doesn't. There's, you, can find you can find places where God, where people uh, fall down, where they kneel, where they stand, where they shout, where they're quiet. All of those things, all of those expressions are fine, and so I don't care what you do, and I don't think God cares. What he's looking for, again, is people who worship in spirit and in truth, and we're looking to have enough grace among us that people can be as expressive or not expressive as they want. The question for you is, did I worship God in spirit and truth today? So, for instance, you may be someone who likes to stand on a chair. I don't have an issue with that. I'll probably have you sign a waiver beforehand, but... <laughs> If you want to do that, I would just say, if you're in the middle, 
and you stand on a chair, if you're sitting in one of these things, the person behind you doesn't exactly have the best view in the house. So, if you're going to stand on a chair, maybe go on the, maybe sit on the back row. You can fight with B.J. Ebel and those guys for the back row seats and stand on the back row, and that's fine. You're not distracting anyone at that point. If you're someone who tends to be distracted, if you tend to see what other people are doing, I would say, come sit next to me. There's all kinds of room, and you can't see anybody. You won't, you won't know what anyone's doing. You, you won't be distracted because you can't see unless you turn around. So think about yourself and kind of, are you prone to be distracted? Well, put yourself in a position where you're not going to be. If you know you're more expressive, just think about what you're doing in light of the fact that we're a body. If you like to raise your hands, that's fine. Just don't slap the person next to you. You've got to go straight up. You can't, you can't go to the side. You get that. If, you, if, you, or if you're someone who... You know, you're into it and it's a big song and you want to yell, great, yell. Just yell at a point that's appropriate. Don't yell after Bo's pulled everything down and he's trying to pray. You can yell when there's music and clapping and at the end of the song, that's totally appropriate. What we don't want to do is draw attention to our expression. We want to make sure the attention stays on Jesus. And so I have a personal responsibility to not distract other people. And I also have a responsibility to not be distracted. Both of those things land on me. If you're driving and you rubberneck and you have a wreck, it's your fault. You can't blame the thing that you were looking at. Your job is to keep that car on the road. And so if the person next to you is clucking like a chicken, your responsibility is I'm focusing. I'm not judging. I'm focusing. You can come talk to me after and I'll talk to them about that. But during worship, your focus is Jesus, period. We, somebody misses a note, this, none of that matters. All, and I'm not, we don't have any issues here with any of that. I haven't heard any chirping. I'm just, we, we do have new people, or clucking. We haven't had any, uh, we, we have new people coming, and I, I know sometimes it's weird. I, I came from this church, and this is what we did during the singing part, and what am I supposed to do now? And I just want to say that's what we're trying to do. As leaders, we're trying to create an atmosphere where every week, everybody who comes has the opportunity to meet God. And that's all we care about. Did you have a chance? We can't make anyone meet the Lord, but we want to set up a context, an environment where that's possible. If you want to meet the Lord, we want you to be able to do that. What God is saying is worship me in spirit and truth. That is, don't worry about the externals and worship me based on who I am and what I'm doing. And we're, we try to do that with intentionality every week. Obviously, we're in a small space. And so within this small space, we have a wide continuum of people in terms of their expressiveness. And we want you to be comfortable and free to, to express yourself to the Lord however you see fit, recognizing you're in a small room with other people. And so you want to extend grace to everyone. Again, if you're someone who's more quiet and you like to kind of sit and soak, that's fine. Don't judge the person who's more exuberant. If you're more exuberant, that's fine. Don't judge the person who's sitting quietly. What that does is that that type of attitude is what makes God pull back. If we're judging each other instead of focusing on him, that's when things get go sideways for all of us. And again, I don't think we have an issue with that, but I know we do have a, a number of new people coming. I want everybody to feel comfortable during the, the singing portion of our morning. I want you to, again, feel at home, welcome, we're family, and know that there's grace being extended to however you feel led to express yourself to the Lord. Everybody good?
Well, let's pray and then we'll worship. You guys can stand up. Lord, I do thank you for the freedom in terms of the flexibility that you give us in worship. There's so many other religious traditions where everything is prescribed. You do this at this time, in this way, in this, even in this language. And that's not how you are. You say you don't care about externals. You're looking for people to worship you in spirit and truth based on who you are. And that's what we want to do, God. We want to foster an atmosphere where everybody who gathers, whether they're a guest, whether they're a regular, whether they're someone who's close to you, someone who's seeking, hostile, wherever people are in their spiritual life. God, when people gather in this room, we want everybody to experience the love of their Father in heaven. And anything that we need to do to make that possible, we want to do. And if there's anything that we're doing that hinders that, God, I pray that we would not do those things. That this would be a place where you feel welcome and where all of your children feel comfortable to express their love to you. And so, God, as we enter into worship, we do so recognizing what you want from us and seeking to give you that with all that we have. In Jesus' name, amen.